Hi everyone, welcome to Therapish, where we discuss relationships through the lens of pop culture and the world around us. It's not therapy, but I am a licensed therapist. Hey everyone, recently I was with a group of girlfriends and someone made a joke, we all laughed, and one woman laughed and said, oops, I just peed a little, and another chimed in and said, oops, hee hee, me too, and someone else said, that happens to me all the time. We all kind of just laughed about it because that's pretty normal. We hang out with friends and we talk about being postpartum females and accidentally ping sometimes. I thought about this though and I realized, is it okay for us to just accept that we may have leakage issues after giving birth? Doesn't really feel so right. Shouldn't we expect more out of our bodies? I knew the perfect person to ask. Her name is Daphna Ross and she specializes in exactly this subject. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, today I'm here with my friend, my amazing, not just friend, but my amazing public floor physical therapist friend. Her name is Daphna Ross, and before I butcher more of her title, I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hey Orly, it's so great to be here. I'm Yay! so excited to have this session with you on this podcast. So basically, I have been a PT for the past 25 years, mm -hmm. but I specialized in and became dual board certified in pelvic physical therapy and women's health mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. So um, you were a PT before you specialized. Exactly. Yeah. And then I decided to go into the specialty. And I want to hear why you did the specialty. So I decided to specialize in this area because I felt there was a real need. I was becoming really close with patients mm -hmm. and I would have these women confide in me that they've been having these leakage issues yeah. and pain issues and no one's been addressing them. And I ended up picking a course. I loved it. And I found out that there's so much that we can do as physical therapists to help these women. And I became in love with it and passionate <laughs> about it. You became in love with the pelvic floor. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I didn't even know much about it before. And all uh -huh. of a sudden I just realized like how important it is. Yeah. And then eventually I opened up my own practice about five years ago, mm -hmm. Women's Health and Healing, and I now treat women um, across the East Bay. I have offices in Oakland, Lafayette. Mm -hmm. so I have telehealth sessions also, mm -hmm. and I, I do. I treat people from all different areas. When you say leakage issues and all of that, what are you talking about? What do you actually do? So I work with women who have urinary incontinence, and that's a term for urinary leakage. That's when you pee on yourself, when you shouldn't be peeing. Are we talking about peeing a little bit when you sneeze? Is that what we're talking about? I'm so glad you're bringing this up because mm -hmm. there are some people who will leak a little bit, like when they sneeze or cough or laugh, right? Well, I think that's the big joke, especially with women in postpartum. And it's such a big joke. I see it with my friends all the time. Everyone, you know, we laugh and or someone does like a funny... I don't know, they like work out or something and they're like, oh, I peed a little bit, ha ha. And we all normalize it, we laugh about it, we make it kind of this inside like, oh, we know what it's like to do this because it's a normal part of postpartum and having a baby and aging. Right, and I think that's why so many women just accept it that, mm -hmm. oh, I had a baby, so of course I leak or I'm going through menopause or I'm getting older or and they just accept it, but it's not something that we should accept. It's not normal. We shouldn't be leaking yeah. um, when we sneeze or cough or laugh. And in some cases also, there's people who leak on the way to the bathroom. They can't quite make it. Yeah, um, and I and bet they talk about that less because it's not, the postpartum one gives people an inside joke around it. Mm. And the, But the problem is we're not handling it well. It's good to use that coping skill of humor, but we normalize it. Instead, we need to be like, 
haha, but actually go see your, a, a pelvic floor specialist because that is something that is a problem. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad at least some people are actually mentioning it. I think there's a lot of women who are <laughs> yeah. embarrassed to even mention that they're leaking. I, I don't think everybody does. I think that there's a lot of shame around it. There is. I think there is. There is. And they're mm-hmm. not comfortable even sharing with their doctors and their yeah. healthcare providers. Right. So they're uncomfortable with it or they just think that it's normal so they don't bring it up. They don't think there's anything about I it. I think that's such a good point. I think at a doctor's office, they're just kind of like, yeah, okay, so my back hurts, which is normal. And it, it, that's also not, but that's another subject. Right, right. <laughs> but they're like, and I pee a little bit when I'm on, as you said, it's not just about when you work out or do a jumping jack. I mean, I don't know how many women are doing I mean, maybe we are. I don't know. It's not just about peeing when you sneeze or laugh, but it's also about... When you're trying to make it to the bathroom, some women will, can't hold it in. Is that that's what I'm hearing? Yes, exactly mm-hmm. right. And they're like, "How come I'm peeing?" Or they they they're so close to the toilet, and then they can't quite make it. Oh, there's probably so much shame and embarrassment around that. So much, mm-hmm. and this leakage issue it really impacts women in so many ways. You know, it reduces their social activities because they're afraid they're going to go out and they're going to leak, or it's going to go mm-hmm. through their pants. Um, it limits their exercise. It limits their fluid intake. We know yes. how important drinking water is. But oh, I can totally to imagine women not drinking as much yeah. just to avoid that. Yeah, exactly. Which They're is terrible. Doing, we need to hydrate. We need to hydrate. And actually, drinking fluids is actually helpful for incontinence. That's another issue. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so so people... if you go speak with a specialist <laughs> exactly. and, and talk to Daphna, you'll learn that it actually is the opposite. Right. It exactly. helps to hydrate. Exactly. Oh, Which so is funny. so counterintuitive to people. It is and counterintuitive. And so they want to limit their fluid intake, but that's uh-huh. not what we want to be doing. But they have this issue and they don't know how to deal with it. And that's where they really need to see a professional. Well, this is also why I wanted to have you on today. Because talking about relationships with with ourselves, which includes relationships with our pelvic floor and our body. And I think that's part of self-care. When I told you this is part of self-care, tell tell the listeners, what was your response? What did you think about that? So I said, Orly, self-care to me sounds like... If you're getting your hair done, you're going to the hairdresser, or you're getting your nails done, or you're going for a pedicure. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is not self. How could this be self care? This is a necessity. I mean, people a necessity. need to address this. This yeah. self care you think is a luxury, but this is not a luxury. Like people should really be doing something about yeah, this. I, I, I can't even tell you how much I love that you're saying this. We're kind of doing a myth buster today. First myth is that leakage is not normal, incontinence is not normal. There's something we could do about it. The second part that I'm focusing on also is self-care does not just include luxury stuff. That's us not giving ourselves time for self-care and the stigma around self-care and saying, oh, I I don't need to partake in self-care. I don't have time to get my nails done or massage or I don't know a facial whatever which all sound great by the way as I'm thinking about it <laughs> I know, it sounds I'm like amazing. I'm like can I do I, I have time to do that yeah can I have time <laughs> to schedule a massage anyway at the basic level self-care is brushing your teeth brushing mm. your hair showering it's taking care of ourselves taking care of our bodies going to the dentist going to the doctor I mean these are basic needs that so many women are not doing because they're prioritizing, I guarantee you their children are going to their doctor's offices, their spouses are going to their doctor's offices. Women aren't always taking care of themselves. And so self-care includes these medical things and these necessities. Taking care of your pelvic floor is part of self-care. 
Absolutely. And if you think about the pelvic floor, it's, I mean, I spent a lot of time in New York. I kind of think of it like Grand Central Station. Like <laughs> everything comes down oh, to the pelvic floor. Oh, that's such a good floor. image. I mean, it's so central to our bodies. And it's so funny because when I went to physical therapy school, mm -hmm. they really, I took gross anatomy and they glossed over the pelvic floor. I knew so nothing about it. And it wasn't only till later that I realized how impactful it is mm -hmm. on how we function how we live, our mm -hmm. quality of our lives, and impacts our back and our hips. Probably everything. Uh, everything. We need to know, first of all, how to take care of our body and to focus more on this. This shouldn't have been brushed over. And I, it's people like you who help get the message out there that this is an important piece of our body that we need to take care of. Right, and we go around, we see all these ads for poise. Um, if Yeah, tell me what poise is. Right, so I don't know if all the listeners out there <laughs> know what that is. Hopefully they don't need to know what it is. Um, but they're incontinence pads. They're pads designed for leakage. But people just think that that's the solution. And I am really glad that there are incontinence products out there because yeah. people need them. And they, I'm, I'm so grateful that they're out there. But that's not necessarily the solution, right? Where are the pelvic PT ads? Like, see what you can do about it. You're telling me that there's something we can do about this. We exactly. shouldn't just accept it. We shouldn't just say, oh, well... I don't always, I pee a little bit or leak a little bit before I get to the toilet. Or I pee when I sneeze. Oh, well, that's part of me now. Right. That's not, oh, I had a baby, so this is what happens. Or, oh, I'm getting older. Or, mm -hmm. oh, I'm in menopause, so mm -hmm. of course I'm going to leak. And, of course, I'm going to be using incontinence pads for the rest of my we life. We shouldn't accept that. No, absolutely not. Physical therapy really helps. And there is a role for medication sometimes mm -hmm. and surgical intervention, absolutely. Yeah. But I have really close relationships with a lot of the urogynecologists and gynecologists and urologists. Wait, 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 wait. So you have, okay. So you have really, I'm putting this in quotes, everybody. Oh, okay. You have really close relationships with urologists, et cetera. Daphna, can you tell everybody why? Yes, Orly, <laughs> because my husband happens to be a urologist. Which I love. This is like the <laughs> urology, like pelvic floor power couple. Yeah, so we do enjoy talking about these topics. And I love it's, it. It's so funny, though, because the first 10 years of our marriage, mm -hmm. I really knew so little about what he did, and I really didn't have much interest in his work. Um, and we I can't even imagine it. that. You being like, uh-huh. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's so funny, because then I started getting interested in pelvic health and women's health and all these urological and pelvic pain issues. Mm -hmm. And of course, I started becoming so interested in everything he did, every aspect of his... You did a 180 on him there. Totally. <laughs> and we laugh about it all the time. He's like, oh, suddenly you're really interested in my work. I mean, it's wonderful because you found this new passion and your husband's, it's obviously his passion as well. Yes. And that's, I love it. So we share that and it is nice. Uh-huh. Um, so you have a relationship with all these urologists, etc. Right. And uh huh, and I think that helps you refer someone to surgery if it's ever at that level. Right, and the reverse too. The doctors will send them to me first to see uh, if how they progress and mm -hmm. if pelvic physical therapy will work first before opting for medication or a surgical intervention. Tell me if I'm saying this right, but I think you're the least invasive method. Is that kind of the way to think about it? It is. Mm -hmm. And what we call it is first line of treatment. Line Try of treatment. this first, mm -hmm. uh, see how you do. And mm -hmm. then maybe we also need some medication to help it. 
maybe there is a need for a surgical intervention. Mm -hmm. But even if they go the surgical route, this is still so helpful because pelvic physical therapy is so much more than just doing your Kegels. So much uh -huh. more involved. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that people learn healthy bladder habits. Fluid, we look at fluid intake, nutrition, um, so many other aspects. So there's so many different pieces that come into this. What you eat, how you're living your life, movement probably. How you're just, emptying your bladder. We mm -hmm. look at bowel function, sexual function, um, all the areas that mm -hmm. could be impacting their pelvic floor and mm -hmm. why they may be having this issue. So it's not just doing your Kegels, which I think is really important for people well, to Well, hold know. on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about Kegels for a minute. Yeah. Is it Kegel? Is it Kegel? <laughs> is it Kegel? Like, what is it? They both work, first of all. Okay. You can use either term. <laughs> Uh, but you won't I, kick someone out of the office if they say the wrong no, word. No, it's all good. I get that all the time. So, yeah, uh -huh. it's all good. You can use any pronunciation. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering, like, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, let me start doing my Kegels slash Kegels slash Kegels, and I bet our listeners are doing it too. For me, who doesn't have any knowledge about pelvic floor PT at all, I've always thought from, again, with no knowledge, that Kegels is kind of the thing to do. Because that's the message that you're getting. And I love at least that people are talking about Kegels and mm -hmm. pelvic floor in exercise classes. Mm -hmm. But first of all, many, many women have no idea how to access these muscles, what it means to do a Kegel, if yeah. they're doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. They have no clue. And um, they're being told to do them, but A, they may not be doing them correctly. They may not be a person who should be doing Kegels. Sometimes it actually works against you to be doing them. Oh, that's so interesting. So, it's not always the solution at all. No, so they really need to be assessed by a pelvic floor physical therapist mm -hmm. who can determine... By Daphna. <laughs> if they're, <laughs> you, really, if they're doing them correctly, if they mm -hmm. should be doing them, if they should be doing them yet. And there's so much more to it. So I really want women who can't perform a Kegel to know that that is not the only solution and it may not mm -hmm. even be the right solution but I see many women who can't do a Kegel and mm -hmm. they do so much better and I wonder if they think they are doing one and don't realize that they're not lots of times they say I ask so one mm -hmm. of the things I'll ask uh, someone who comes into the office is oh are you doing a Kegel and they'll say yes and they'll assess them and I'll have them do it and they're using other muscles, they're so bearing down, they're not doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. so I've had a woman come to see me who said that she was doing the Kegels and her leakage got worse. Daphna, I, I didn't know there's anything beyond Kegels. And that's why I think this is so important to have you on today because there's so much more we could do. And let me go back to something you said before. You talked about surgery. Mm -hmm. Do most people you see even need surgery or are you normally able to help them just through the PT itself? Most, most women do not need surgery so, and they mm -hmm. get such improvement from pelvic physical therapy. This is mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it and I love this field because it makes a huge difference. And by the way, it doesn't yeah. take a lot of treatment to do so much better. What are we talking about? My assumption, let me just make the assumption so we hear what people may be guessing. I'm guessing like six months to a year of sessions. Right, because when we think of physical therapy, we think about going every week for yes. months and months and months, yes. right, to which get is, improvement. Which is daunting. Makes Like, I could tell you right now, I'd be like, do I have time for that in my life? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. But this is not the case with pelvic physical therapy. I generally see women for urinary leakage issues mm -hmm. for four to six treatment sessions. And four it is, to six treatment sessions. And it is life-changing. It completely wow. changes their quality of life, and it's amazing to see. Most often I get women saying, oh my gosh, I wish I had seen you sooner. Daphna, 
tell me the age group of people that you normally see. Are you seeing women after they have babies or what are you seeing? I actually see teenagers and I see the whole gamut all the way through uh, pregnancy, postpartum, and postmenopausal. Wow, so teenagers could be having issues like this and that there's something you can do about it. Right, so a lot of times people feel that it's a, a weakness issue or mm. that there's something wrong. So of course I had, I was pregnant, so now I'm weak or I gave birth and I'm weak. But I see teen athletes, right? They've never given birth. They're athletes. certainly not postmenopausal, right? <laughs> and um, and they will have leakage issues. It's not a strength issue. So so you, you probably see this in all ages of, of athletes. Yes. Wow. Yes. So um, a lot of times it's learning how to use your pelvic floor muscles. Sometimes we have to learn how to relax our muscles actually before we strengthen them, which is uh, something that people really just don't know and mm -hmm. don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. There's different kinds of things that you can give people with, within four to six sessions, which is amazing, and that could then become life-changing, and they won't have leakage, incontinence. Let's make sure I'm using the right terms here. They won't have these kind of issues anymore. Peeing when you sneeze is not normal, and we shouldn't act like it is. Right, and not only can you do something about it now, but you can prevent it from getting worse, mm -hmm. uh, which is huge. And the tools that we provide are tools for life. So I really mm -hmm. give you tools to manage it so that even later on down the road, if you should get, let's say, all of a sudden you had a leak, mm -hmm. okay, you know what to do about it. Yeah. You know why, you understand why you had that leakage mm -hmm. episode, mm -hmm. and then you can go back to some of the tools and say, okay, oh, right, Dr. said I need to be better about this, <laughs> I need to do this. You're not just giving them tools to use in the moment, but you're giving them things that they could do in their lifespan. Right, because we're changing their habits. We're changing yeah. some of the behaviors that have led to them having these leakage issues. Well, I I'm I just love this because I think that part of woman empowerment and our relationships with our own body is being educated on our body and knowing what to expect of our body and knowing when it can do better than it is, when it could perform even better, and having the tools to help it perform to that degree. Exactly. It is really empowering for mm -hmm. women to feel like there's something they can do about this. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people end up getting resigned to, oh, this is just part of life. Oh, this is just something I'm going to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's so upsetting to see that resignation when there's so much that can be done for it. Daphne, let me ask you something. What do you think stops women from coming in? That's such a good question. And what I see in my practice is a people feel ashamed that they that they have this issue. Mm -hmm. They feel embarrassed. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times they feel that they are lacking. Uh, they're wondering what's wrong with them, mm -hmm. and they don't want to talk about it. And they yeah. don't. There's probably such issues of shame. I, I'm especially thinking that when you mention teen athletes, I can only imagine the shame and embarrassment around. Right. Teens. And, and people see it as a sign of weakness. They they don't want to come across as being weak or mm -hmm. less than, especially if they're athletic and they're exercising. Yeah, yeah. And it's really uncomfortable for them to feel that there's yeah. a part that they, they can't get control Well, it's part of, of education. We need to educate women and let them know this is something that could happen, especially when you're an athlete, especially if you're, I mean, I, I'm answering this, but I feel like you know better. If you've had a baby or just... I mean, even if you haven't had a baby, are there women who just experience this being a woman in life? 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it is so common. So many women are experiencing leakage, mm-hmm. but because it's not talked about, people don't yeah. realize. There's so much shame around it. There's so much shame and it is so prevalent. There's mm-hmm. so many of us that have this. What are the stats around it? Do you know? About one in three women oh, wow. have leakage. Okay. One in three. I can believe it because I really, I think of myself in a group of friends when we're all laughing, we're all joking around, and there's right. there's always someone who says, ooh, I just peed a little, <laughs> exactly. and we're all like, hee hee. And we shouldn't. We should, again, I know I said it earlier, but I want to empower that woman and say, actually, there's something you could do about this. Let's prioritize that. Right. Mm-hmm. And because what also happens, and I see mm-hmm. this a lot, is that it gets worse. So a That's little drop piece. once in a while okay, maybe, you know, and I see that a lot. Women will be like, well, I didn't do anything about it at first because it was just happening once in a while. It was just happening when I laughed or when I sneezed. But now it's happening more often. And now I'm using thick pads. And now I'm not exercising. And now I'm not... So it impacts their life more and more as they ignore it. This is a lot like your relationship with your feelings. The more you repress your feelings, the more they blow up like a volcano later. And so if if we avoid our pelvic floor issues, and repress that, it sounds like it will get worse. Very often it does. Mm-hmm. So let's nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. Let's do something about it now so mm-hmm. you don't have an issue. So you can live your life to the way you want to live your life. Yeah. Do the things that you love and enjoy, whether it's taking care of your kids or your grandkids or going yeah. out and being able to be active. Exactly. All the yeah. things that, that women enjoy, they should be able to do, and this shouldn't hinder them. I love your message. You're saying this is something we could do something about. There are tools. It's funny. I think about there's a Sex in the City episode where Charlotte, I don't remember all the details of the episode, but Charlotte goes to the doctor and they say your vagina is depressed. And, <sighs> and that's like her diagnosis. They say your vagina is depressed. And I just think about it because I don't know what the episode was referring to, but I just think about it with us. The more we neglect our own body, our, neglect our pelvic floor, neglect our vaginas, our vagina will have reason to be depressed as it like pees accidentally or we have incontinence issues or leakage issues and we need to take care of all parts of our body. Yes, and the pelvic floor is such an integral part of our body. We really can't ignore it. We have to do what's best for it. So Daphna, for our listeners, if they're experiencing any of this, beyond the first step is becoming self-aware and prioritizing your self-care. Once we get to that point, we say, okay, let's do something about this. Let's take care of ourselves. What's the next step? Call me. (laughs) Really, first of all, I'm happy to discuss this with anyone on the phone. Mm -hmm. And if they're not local and and they can't come and see me, I can always find someone local. So you're open for consultations? Absolutely. I want to be able to help whoever I can in Mm -hmm. any way that I can. Mm -hmm. So if they live in the East Bay, I'm happy to see them in the clinic. Um, If they want to just call me and talk to me, I can find them a professional that's local. So you're happy to provide referrals, you're happy to do consultations, and they can come and work with you locally, of course. Absolutely. Okay, so Daphne, do your plug here. (laughs) What's your business? So so my business is Women's Health and Healing, uh, and it is focused on women, although I will say that men do have pelvic floor issues, but my focus is on women. We're empowering women today, not men. Yeah. (laughs) This is all about women today. (laughs) And do you have a website? I do. It's womenshealthandhealingpt.com. You can go to my website. My phone number is there, and uh, there's contact information. And I'm going to put all of your information in my Instagram site so please find therapist on Instagram and follow it and I will put Daphna's info there 
Daphna, this was such a pleasure. Thank you, Orly. And I just really want to thank you, Orly, for just bringing this out there and talking about something that is hard for people to talk about it and is. getting that message out to women that there's something that they can do about it. It's so great that you have this podcast and just letting women know that there is something that they can do. Thank you so much. I just want to create a place where we talk about what people aren't always talking about. Yay! Okay, Daphna, I know I will have you on for future podcasts. I already have quite a few topics that I know that you know about. So I'm looking forward to talk about more funny, awkward things, because that's what we do here. It's been a pleasure. And I'm so excited to come back on and talk about more pelvic floor issues. Yay! All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes, and the information in it does not constitute or is not intended as therapy. If you are experiencing a clinical issue that was discussed on the show, please talk to your doctor for therapist referral.